0: Hello and welcome back to another episode of Loud and Proud Orlando. I am your host, John, and I'm here with Luis. How are you doing, buddy?
1: Hey. We had a great win against Cavalry. Just cruising through Champions Cup, you know, um, and now we have uh, the bigger tests um, are coming, which is the MLS, starting with uh, Montreal, right, Montreal. So excited for, for what's coming for the Lions. I think the Lions look really good. So hopefully they keep it up, right? You know, we got, you got to keep that form. But I think they've gotten a great preseason so far, uh, John.
0: Yes, yeah, sorry about that. I started the pod and immediately my internet dropped in and out. We're back. Um, what a great opener. I mean, everything that we wanted to see from the first game, 3-0 victory. Uh, we're going to talk a lot more about that cavalry lc but we're also going to preview montreal and uh, maybe talk a few other things as well that are going on around the mls uh first of all let's get into the cavalry game three nil win what a way to start the season champions league opener on the road in canada Uh, an incredible you know sight to see such a, a unique stadium a unique setting for this game um no one's home stadium really is two away sets of away fans uh it was something like 14 hours luis i heard from the distance from uh calgary to the stadium so not easy for those guys to come out uh it was nice to see some of them there obviously it was great to see our fans there on the tv uh luis we put out our lineups and they weren't really well, the lineup that came out wasn't really what we had predicted. There were some surprises in there. Uh, I'm going to run you through the lineup really quick, and just some of the match facts to remind everybody of everything that went down. So we had Galese, we had Dagger, sorry, we had Smith at left back. We had Jansen, Schlegel, Dagger down at right back. We had Angulo at the left wing, and then in the center we had Ojeda and Torres on the right wing. Your two DMS of uh, Cartagena, and it was Arujo. And then up top, finally we had uh, Duncan McGuire starting so we were surprised by duncan obviously but we'll get more into that later um going through the game itself the game first started open out with a goal from duncan McGuire in the 21st minute then faku came cutting inside on the left foot made it two before in the second half a beautiful team goal by faku in the 76th minute to make it three uh substitutions for this one we had nico ladero coming on for martin ojeda in the 62nd minute and Romeo Enrique coming on for Duncan in the 67th minute. We had Rafa Santos coming on for Kyle Smith in the 67th minute. Then later in the game, Felipe came on for Cesar in the 80th minute. Jack Lynn coming on for Ivan Angulo in the 80th minute as well. So some minutes for those guys. Uh, overall, just a great win. Um, great to see us you know, roll out how we expected from preseason. Uh, Luis, let's get deep into this analysis. Uh, first thing I want to talk about with you is the turf field i asked paula she's sadly not able to join us tonight but uh what she wanted to talk about and she said how much better we can be when it's not on a stupid i'll let you fill in the other word field uh luis talk about that
1: well i mean it's it's a different level of of leagues right you know you got canada premier league um And then you have MLS, right? So they wouldn't be able to play MLS with that pitch. That's number one. Um, So I just like the fact that we were able to get the W in that field. I think it shows that playing in that, in a normal, regular size MLS field, we're going to be able to do our game pretty well. You know, we had them, I mean, it was like, overwhelming possession for Orlando City throughout the whole game and on their own turf, right? So I think I I take the positive and not the negative. Yes, we would have loved for them to have a pristine, clean, beautiful pitch, like maybe like ours. But, you know, it's wishful thinking, you know, they're in the Canadian Premier League, right? So You know, although I I do have to say that it's a really nice, beautiful stadium, I have to say, Starlight, you know, some other fans showed up there, you know, would have hoped for a better turnout for them. You know what I mean? Being such a small stadium.
0: It is a long way. I didn't realize it was that far.
1: Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, our fans were the loudest I could hear them through the TV. Our fans, you know, uh, we're 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 you know loud and and proud, right? There you go. So it was it was that was pretty exciting. And you know, talking about Duncan and 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 Martine, you know, we start with, with that play specifically. If you're listening, you know, Martine pretty much sees an opening there, shoots a pass, and you know, that's the the eye of the tiger right there for, for Duncan McGuire, that positioning, you know, something that he's been doing the whole season l- last year. And uh, now he's replicating it. Uh, and I feel like he's, he kind of, it feels like they're more cohesive as a unit now. You know, they, they do things. Uh, they're pulling that auto uh, automation mode in a way, right? Cruise control, just like the title of the episode today. They're, they're, they're using cruise control a lot now. A lot of the, even the bench knows what the starters are going to be doing, how they're going to change the game, what impact they're going to make. And I think it starts, we're starting to, you know, we started to see that cohesiveness happening now at a faster pace than any other season now. So hopefully these are great signs. I love the fact that we debuted with the legacy kit. I think that was amazing, you know, um, definitely, uh, great. And, uh, you know, the goals kept coming. We, we, I think with a better pitch, we should have scored at least two or three more, you know, uh, but obviously the conditions, you know, it's, it was pretty cold over there, apparently really rainy, you know? So, you know, it, it just made it a little difficult, but they overcame three, no win. Now in Orlando, we have to put it away, you know? I mean, I think we were talking about the lineups. We were a little surprised to
0: see um, Duncan in there. I think both of, you know, all of us kind of picked Enrique based on the preseason form and just the fact that a lot of us were thinking Duncan's headspace wouldn't be there. So it it was interesting to see him in the lineup, but obviously Oscar has faith in him still. Like we said, he knows the system. He knows what to do. And that Ojeda goal is a prime example of the, the type of goal that Duncan could score a lot for us. You know, he's a, He's a poacher. He's the kind of guy, if you give him the opportunity anywhere near the box, he'll get near the ball. He'll get a shot off. That's what he's bringing to you. So um, Ojeda, I think in this game was was top class. And that's kind of what I want to talk about next with you, Luis. Uh, he, he for me was everywhere. Another one in the lineup that I was a little surprised. I thought Ojeda wasn't going to get his his chance. Um, so uh, it was really um interesting to me to see that Nico was out and Ojeda was in the 10 and and Ojeda was killing it in that position he was running everything he was passing he was running off the ball he was driving forward with the ball he was dribbling you know and this this game i think really shows that even though we have a lot of faith in Nico we can put Ojeda in the 10 and still operate the same way like it's a like for like he's able to do everything that he needs to do from that center attacking mid position um, and I just think it was great. We've been asking for him to have a you know a starting lineup role and not that I don't want to see Nico I think we're going to see Nico a lot too but uh, Oheda, if he's able to be that guy for us in the 10 I think that that's massive and that's a that's a huge asset for us um Luis the other guy who is incredible uh, and first you can tell me your thoughts on Ojeda. but then after that let's go on to uh, the man himself number 10 faku
1: yeah I mean know blowing up. Um, he's a DP he's taking more of a leadership role I think he's taking it very serious now um, I think um, you know he has his young daughter now you know uh, him and his wife are doing great you know they're, they're living the life here in Orlando and I think he feels very really he uh, has a big support system with him uh, family wise and now you know with the boys in the club you know so I think he wants to he wants to be the man this year, you know, and, and I, that's one of the things that I said, you know, this is the time in which it's going to separate what, what's the true impact of FACU Right. right? Um, could you hear me? Oh, you can hear me? Okay, perfect. Yeah. You know, you know, uh, I, 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 I thought, I thought my mic was, my mic was flashing for some reason. Um, you know, wh- what's going to be the true impact of FACU right? So. And, uh, you know, we started seeing that. We're starting to see his uh, being very really dangerous, right, Uh, with the ball, um, a threat, you know, taking that leadership role, being that man that, you know, takes a little bit of that leadership quality traits that you maybe saw with Nani at some point, right? Um, You know, so... It's good to see the progression that he's having. Now, obviously, we have to understand, guys. I mean, again, I don't want to put... I don't want to get you guys like... I don't want to be the Debbie Downer, but, I mean, it's Cavalry, you know? Like, you know, the real test is coming up this weekend. You know, Montreal, the MLS, you know, better competition. You know, Cavalry, unfortunately, you know, you know, great, great fan base, you know, great city, you know, great, great organization. But clearly, you saw... You know, you saw the differences in squads at, at at a certain point. It could have gone worse for them, but, you know, uh, I think they'll take the 3-0 defeat. Um, but I'm happy. I'm happy for Faculturas. I'm even more happy that, you know, um, Ojeda also is taking that. He's being part of the starting lineup. And I like the fact that you could tell Oscar has two systems now. So switching from a 4-2-3-1 to a 4-4-2, Then also, you know, taking one of the pivots, putting Lodero, putting Ojeda in the mid. You know, I like the fact that we're going to be seeing more of a present Ojeda this season, which we should have seen it last season. But obviously, you know, it took a little while for him to adapt. And Duncan went off. Now, I also love the supporting role that Ramiro is providing the team. And that last goal for Facundo Torres you know, in which, you know, Cavalry's defense pretty much broke down completely. Uh that play between Angulo, Ramiro, and then setting up Faku, I think that was spot on. I mean, if we're gonna see that more of Ramiro coming off the bench, bring me that Ramiro all the time. You know what I mean? You know, that intensity, you know. Yeah. I, th- I thought it was great.
0: That third goal was just a, a beautiful, yeah. beautiful yeah. team goal. I mean, the way they, they passed it all the way front to back, you know, from Jansen claiming it, which is actually not in the highlight, but I remember it right before. And, uh, you know, the build up, I think Agulo looked really, really clever in the way he was passing. But I agree, Enrique, there's something about having Enrique at the striker. I think what's going to be similar when we get um, Luis Muriel in there, I think... Just having a different, like Duncan is, is a very good sort of finisher of the ball, but he's not necessarily a guy to connect the play, be a passing guy up front. Whereas Enrique, when you put him in that position and you've got still Ojeda and Faku and Angulo, they're able to make those quick connecting passes and sort of play their way up the field like that. But I agree with you, Luis. I think on that left-hand side, Enrique is looking really good there, like in the striker or on the left. I think preseason for Enrique – has been quietly very good. Like, we've all been talking about Ojeda and Faku because they've been getting the goals or whatever, but every time I've seen Enrique on the field in preseason and in this game, I think he just looks really sharp. He looks on the ball. I think he he really benefited from that time in the Argentine um, U22. Luis, so it seems to me like he's, he's stepped up his game um, in the preseason and in the offseason from, from last year. And he's a guy at, at 22 years old who could break out this year and become, you know, a dp level kind of player like not in terms of what we're paying him but in terms of his output because he has that potential to really get uh, become a a top level you know attacking mid or or striker depending on sort of how we use him the other guy i want to talk about um was dagger Dan, and you know i love me some dagger dan
1: (laughs) in the beginning um, it was rough
0: in the beginning, yes. I, be, I think the kind of first 20 minutes, honest, Luis, it was not, we weren't really clicking yet, and then we started to get going. And But Dagger, I think, is being asked to do a lot of different things by Oscar. Like, we saw him playing almost like the Zinchenko role. Like, he was coming inside, um, filling in that D-mid role while, like, uh, Cesar was able to go a little bit further forward. So he would sit there next to Wilder, and we'd kind of turn it into a back three with Kyle Smith coming in to be, like, a, a makeshift center back as well. So he was doing that, but also Dagger was getting up on the right hand side, like he had a good moment where he got up there and put in a good cross. You know, he, he does have some defensive lapses. I'll I'll happily say that. But I think what he brings you attacking wise is just so many different options for how Oscar wants to use him. Um, I think that he he's able to allow Oscar to change the formation. Um, something that Wilder, I don't know if you noticed this, Luis, but he did that later when we had Santos on. And Santos was like we kind of switched it to the other side. Santos was going high up the field. You notice that Wilder was kind of dropping into that center back position and the covering instead of like where Kyle Smith was before, to kind of give you a back three, um, which I found really interesting.
1: Yeah, I mean, um, honestly, the options that Oscar has now, it are are endless, right? So uh, I feel like. You know, it's it's fantastic to see. And not only that, the way Dagger Dan is easily connecting with all the teammates. You know, um, they don't speak the same language, but you know, you see that cohesiveness right there with them. Uh, I think uh, looking back and we're rewatching the game, I feel like the first 15 minutes of Dagger Dan, he had a tough time with the turf. You know, I just think he he was running with like a chicken without its you know with its head cut off, you know a little bit. You know, um, seems like he was really losing the ball a lot, and you know that um, their wings for cavalry uh, were causing some damage <clears throat> off the counter. Uh, but um, he recomposed and he had a phenomenal job after that, uh, connecting with everybody else. So. um and on the I will say second goal on, on the first goal for, for Faku, if you see how the ball rebounds on the floor, uh that's the actual turf for you. That's that's due to the turf.
0: Because the keeper wasn't having a, a yeah. bad game. Like he was doing no. all right. Like we remember we talked with, with the guys from Canada and they told us, Oh, like Carducci, he, he can make some saves. And I thought he was doing okay, like he, yeah, he, he did all right. At, at stopping us but that one just sort of bounced in front of them and like you said Louise, kind of uh but that that was happening all over the park you know I noticed e- even like Nico who obviously played on turf so much even he was kind of having a little trouble with with how much the ball was bouncing up and the the speed it was moving so I I'm just encouraged by the idea of us playing that kind of level at our you know on Saturday at home on our own grass field um because I think we really we've just we carried on that preseason form straight into this game you know what i mean? we're able to continue at a, a similar level even though preseason is what it is you never really know what's going to happen when that first game comes out but to me it looks like we're, we're starting the season firing on all cylinders and and Faku is part of that you know like years before he's been a little bit slow to start the season this year i mean two goals so he's that like that yeah. That goal, obviously, ooh. like we said, the ball bounced up, but the second goal, uh, it was it was pure genius where his positioning was and the finish.
1: Now, um, uh, one thing that I take out of this game, too, that a lot of people need to take in, into consideration is the passing accuracy for Orlando City. Was almost at an all-time high. It was 98%. Like it was it was, it was like 97.4 or something like that. It was like almost 98%. Three corners, um, that obviously. A couple we almost scored in the first in the first half. So, you know, you see a progress from last year's team. I mean, it seems like they're practicing new things. They're boosting uh, tactically and, and also physically, which I think is fantastic, John.
0: Yeah, I think overall, we've just come into this season looking like we did at the end of last season. And that was my biggest hope. You know, obviously it was a small first game against Cavalry. I'm not going to say it's 100% we're going to be like that against every team. But the signs are encouraging. The signs are there. Uh, I, I'm just very positive about everything that we can do. And that's Luis, is without Muriel, without Berkalo. Like, really, the side that we saw, that lineup, is no different from our team of last year. And, and I think, you know, we looked almost – the mentality, I think, is different. And that that's that's the change for me. But also when we add in Ricallo and when you add in Luis Muriel up there, I really think we're we're looking at a, a starting eleven. It's it's got very little downside. I'm struggling, you know, there's some debate over maybe our fullback strength in you know terms of defensive ability, like Dagradan could be a little bit weak in defense and Santos can be a little bit weak in defense sometimes, but attacking wise they, they bring you so many options and if you want to play like Oscar did in this game if you want to play I think that's why we saw Kyle Smith on the left side to start was because he was just a little bit worried about playing two attacking fullbacks is that how you see it Luis
1: yeah I mean I think that um I think we have a lot of options I think that you know with Brakalo and 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 also you know you have Mikey Holiday, you know, you're forgetting that too. You know, you got the young kids, you know, we didn't see Kachevsky, right? Kaczewski also, he's gonna be an option there. And I think all those all those pieces just gonna give us more depth and more options for Oscar. I feel Oscar now has more options in his arsenal, uh, tactically also, you know, switching, like you said, with the back of you know, you know, with a line of three in the back, right? Than a line of four, you know? So, I mean, those are things that, you know, we haven't seen before in Orlando, right? right. Especially when Oscar first came, came in after the MLS is back, it was 4 2 3 1. I think we all knew how Orlando, you know, would play with just one solid striker, right? But now I think we're seeing, uh, because of the players that we have and how good they're meshing well together, uh, we're seeing a, a much more of, of, all, of a different arsenal offensively and defensively, I think, for for the team, right? Now, um, a little rusty game for Wilder, I have to say, too. Um, I just feel it was maybe the turf. Um, Lodero came in, uh, was great, too, I have to ask. And uh, in the end, um, you know, passing accuracy after 90 minutes was 85%. The first half was almost 98% Orlando. Full time was eighty five percent, fifty five point four percent of possession. So, you know, a very important game for Orlando City. You know, and uh, you know, Cavalry. Now they're gonna come to to our home, and hopefully, we're gonna increase that that advantage, right? And, and think about T grass.
0: It, it was great to see Nico kind of get that his his debut. Um i'm not i'm not interested to we'll talk about montreal in a little bit but the lineup situation and rotation i think definitely oscar was going for in this one a big score line like i predicted four you predicted three luis and i think almost if he had any negative to say to the guys it would be i would have maybe liked a couple more goals in in the second half is uh only because and i say this because then there's even more of a safety blanket for next tuesday and he can play the likes of, like, I would love to see Jack Lynn get a start in that game. I'd love to see Mikey Holiday get a start in that game. You know, I think our second team is still good enough to beat Cavalry. Like, it'll be a bit of a closer affair if we play our second team, but I think still think they're good enough to beat Cavalry at home. So I, I would like to see the, the likes of Lodero in that squad next Tuesday, you know, um, but perhaps rotated with guys around him. So some older names who... Or in the squad, but then add in some of the younger talents as well. You know, maybe Kachevsky, right? Maybe. Um, yeah. So maybe even a, another center back, like maybe Salim, like who knows? He might Peter even Bricallo. go that far, right? Him. Like Bercalo. I'm, I'm thinking maybe Muriel and Bercalo for the weekend. But like I said, we'll talk a little bit more about that when we get onto Montreal in a minute. Um, was there any other thoughts, Luis, you had on cavalry before we go through the, the comments? Paula's. Got a few thoughts for us. Mainly what we talked about. She was just talking about the turf and but she does mention the fact that we uh you know without Maori being there, we didn't look like we we missed the step, which I agree. I think the 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 creative force that Ojeda was providing was was really good. And then and then obviously Nico comes in and, and he could do that job anyway.
1: That's right. No, no, I I agree. I mean, look, cavalry, uh, you know, a good team. Uh, great fan base, but I feel like they were a little. It reminded me of a like a League One team, you know, like very physical, very you know, they got a lot sloppy. of tall
0: guys that go for set pieces,
1: right? Sloppy marking, you know, a little, little over overly physical, you know. Also, the, the, the I feel like the ref let, let them hate you a little bit in a way, you know, he let the you, you know, some of. He lets the stuff out. go. Right, right. Kyle so I'll
0: check that one guy. <laughs>
1: yeah. And, uh but, uh, you know, I agree with you that we should maybe, you know, put the young kids to play and, you know, put Jacqueline. But look, I, I've seen this many times. I'm a little bit of a. I want, I want, I want the prey to be completely dead and put down first. Let me score two goals. Oh, I mean, look—if I want to give him one more goal, you know, because with one more goal, they have to score more than us, right? And then I'll make the changes because you—you you know, this is this is soccer. Remember, I don't know if you remember when Sheriff uh, played against Real Madrid. In Champions League, share of this small team from uh, far of East oh, Europe. yeah, yeah. Okay. I knew, right. I what and about. they beat Real Madrid, right? So, you know, you never know. I, I think we should um, put them out first and then make the changes. That's just my opinion. But, but yeah, I see where team, you're coming from. Yeah. I think we have our guest in.
2: Hey, hello, hey, Elias. Alrighty. How are you? I'm right, Good, good. Thank you for having welcome,
0: me. Welcome, Elias. And let's bring us nicely on to our next section. We're going to be talking Montreal with Elias from the Ball is Round Montreal. Did I say that right? Yep, you did. Tell us, Elias. Um, welcome, first of all.
2: How are you? Not too bad. Excited, finally, for um, some competitive action or just to see this team at all because we don't really get to watch preseason games in Montreal.
0: you don't have any preseason you see. We got
2: one that was broadcast and it was because Atlanta broadcasts their preseason games. Other than that, everything is uh closed doors or you gotta be there in person to watch it. It's not broadcast. So
0: (laughs) wow. So that's um is that like a policy of the club or
2: seems like it, you know. Um it's been like that for as long as I can remember, and it's unfortunately become a little bit of our
0: preseason. There was we had a, a game against Flamingo broadcast and some other things, so it's not been too bad for us. Um, first of all, Elias, if you could kick us off kind of with uh, Montreal last season and your, your quick thoughts on the team last year and, and maybe what went wrong perhaps for you guys and not so right. How,
2: how much time do you have? Uh, no, <laughs> I, said look, I, I said quick. I <laughs> said, look, they got off to a rough start and they kind of recovered, but never properly. Um, they got hit with the injury bug almost immediately. And, from from a personnel standpoint, they were just playing catch-up for the rest of the season. And that kind of hurt, you know, first-time coach trying to implement his vision and his style of play when you're constantly rotating the squad and you know relying on rotational players and younger players um that you may not have maybe begun the season anticipating you'd be relying that much on um that hurts and yeah they did recover to kind of put themselves in the playoff in a playoff contention but you could tell that they never really found their footing in a consistent way and you know that hurts and when you can't develop your identity and your style of play then all of a sudden you know you don't do that well on the road they were the third worst team on the road in mls and the two other teams that were worse than them were historically bad all around right montreal was Quite good at home, but you know, there's only so much that a home crowd can carry you in terms of playoff contention. So, um, yeah, last year they just started behind the eight ball and they never really found any kind of rhythm. And yeah, just you but, uh, know, you year, one thing after the other, <laughs>
0: one thing after the other. This year, though, um, you guys have been doing some things in offseason, so tell mm-hmm. us a little bit about what you've been doing in the offseason. i uh, the main storylines being a couple players that uh, we want to talk about, but I'm sure I'm sure you know who who we want to talk about.
2: Well, yeah, there's probably one guy that uh, one guy that you know you guys yeah. will probably end up missing on. Yeah, um, look, I, they they had two years ago they brought in Alistair Johnston, who I still think at that point was probably the best on ball defender um, in the league, and him leaving leaves uh, a massive gap at right back, and someone like Aaron Herrera who does have that profile, Um, you know, he had the entry bug as well because everybody <sighs> did at some point the season and he never really found his footing either. And when you take up, you know, almost three quarters of a million dollars in salary, you know, sporting director, I kind of looked at it and said, I can find a way to maybe get two fullbacks for the price of one. And that's what he did. He brought in Raheem Edwards, he brought in one and that, you know, the left back position was always kind of a sore spot. They haven't had a proper left back since Bakary Sanya uh, like seven years, six or seven years ago. So, you know, bringing someone like Raheem Edwards, bringing someone like Ruan, it adds a lot of pace. It adds a lot of, um, you know, people that are, are very comfortable going forward, people that love to get forward, get in advance to the positions. And yeah, look, I mean, for the price of Raheem Edwards and Ruan, and he ended up saving like $50,000 in game, uh, or uh, earn salary, sorry. So I think that um ultimately someone like Ruan did fit the profile they were looking for. And now that they they do have a, a decent amount of depth in those wing back positions that are so important for you know playing a three back.
0: Yeah, you guys are going to probably play a similar system to the crew, right, is what you imagine under uh, Courtois. Imagine, um, yeah. Is that what you've seen in preseason? A, a five-back almost, or a three-back with, with Juan exactly. on, on one wing and, and Edwards on let's, the other let's a do right up for him. Yeah, let's we'll go do. on to that so you can kind of see. Yeah,
2: like the, 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 about the, about the midfield composition um, still seems pretty fluid, whether they'll play with, you know, a double pivot, whether they'll have Victor Wanyama as, like, you know, a lone six and have, Maybe two eights or uh, an eight and a ten or something like that, but the one mainstay that you can you can guarantee is that there'll be three backs, there'll be three central defenders. Um, he's been very clear about that. There'll be two wing backs, and you know he's been exper- with you know Nathan Saliba, who was a very up and coming, promising eight. Uh, he's got he's not a hundred percent fit now, which means that we could see, uh, just a regular double pivot and then two like a a, a proper 10, like Dominic Yankov, who they just brought in from from Bulgaria, uh, and um Mathias Kokoro or Mahalo Poku, who are kind of like these 10-9 hybrids almost, not necessarily a false nine, but they are pretty fluid in uh, in where they can play. And that front three, which is you know, very fluid, which is something that you know Columbus loves to play, and and Laurent Courtois, he ran his MLS Next Pro team very similar to the way that Wolf Nasi ran his. His first team. So uh, we can see a lot of fluidity, a lot of interchange positions. And kind of once you get into that final third, you go where the space is. And I think that that was kind of reflected in the players that they brought in, who are all, you know, including Joseph Martinez, who so I'm sure we'll, we'll talk about later, um who are all very good, but can play a number of different positions going forward and aren't just, you know, shoehorned as like this guy can only operate in this spot. So I think that, you know, the way you've got it drawn up right now is probably the closest. It's probably pretty, pretty So accurate. we're
0: talking three center backs, two wing backs, probably a couple yeah. D mids and a, a center attacking mid and two strikers.
2: Yeah. Right. So whether it's, you know, uh, a proper attacking mid and two strikers, whether it's, you know, uh, a striker and then, um, you know, two players playing off him in the half spaces. There there is going to be a lot of fluidity there, and that is what we saw in, in the in the one game against Atlanta that we did get to watch. And what he's talked about, you know, it's it's all in the half spaces, and the fact that you know you do have fullbacks that can get forward and that love to be in advanced positions that you can your your wide players, your attackers don't have to worry about filling that width anymore. They can play in the half spaces, they can play in in, in, in kind yeah. of this ambiguity, which you no. know, Courtois and Nasty love.
0: I wouldn't trust on to be the best defender.
2: No, but that's you know that they, they did bring in some reinforcements at center back and the they 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 um you know there is a there's always gonna be a certain so gung ho. Who are your three the... center
1: backs in the who are, who are your three center backs? So back? there's uh
2: there's Joel Waterman and I think based on on, on, on who, who so let's start starting. On
1: the... Okay, so let's here. on the here. right
2: side. Personally I think Joel Waterman should be on the right and Gabriel Corbo mm-hmm. should be in the middle. Um, but most likely what's gonna happen is it's gonna be the other way around. Uh Waterman will be in the middle because he did play there last year when uh, Camacho left and Corbo played on the right, but they brought in a new player, they brought in a new Loney from Bologna, Sosa, who uh has impressed a lot, apparently. You know, uh apparently Laurent Courtois is very high on him. They finally got a a, a proper starting caliber left footed central defender. There's already a couple on the team, but they are projects. They're still very young. Um, one is Randall Alvarez, who um, went with the national team to the um, with the with the Columbia national team to the Olympic um, to Olympic qualifiers. So I think that um, Sosa will probably be the left sided center back, which is something that they haven't had since Kamal Miller left. And um, so the back line is starting to kind of take shape. But, you know, it so really is, is a, it will be
1: Sosa, Waterman, and who else? Cor-
2: Corvo? And Corvo. Yeah. So I think that that's most likely going to be the, the starting through. There's also George Campbell, of course, who, who came in from Atlanta last year, who is also, you know, has and, a lot of upside.
1: And so here you'll see Ruan here.
2: Someone so Ruan, like,
1: uh, Ruan's fitness
2: hasn't been 100% solid. He has missed a couple so- sessions. So we They're might not, not a,
0: see who on starting.
2: So we might not see who on starting. Um, if he's fit, I think he will start. Um, the same goes with Raheem Edwards. He did miss a. He did miss some time in training camp. That was because, um, his, his partner gave birth. So he's uh, he's a new father. But as far as fitness concerns, um, just so like a little knock and stuff like that. So he should be good to go. And your but, GDMs? the um, um. So it's most likely going to be. Uh, Wanyama and Matsushonier. Um, I think that's you know you got. gonna so be a forward.
1: double pivot with Shonier
2: and Wanyama. I think that's most likely what it's gonna okay. be. I think that you know it's kind of hard to have anybody Guys, Wanyama.
0: they've been there a long time.
2: Exactly, their mainstays with the club. They 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 did a lot of really good work under see and they they Matsushonier took that next step forward last season. He became an all-star. Victor Wanyama, who's finally playing in a. In a system that he's more familiar with, you know, it was a very public falling out with Hernan Losada last season. So the fact that he's back with Alcoutoua, with a manager who kind of gets his style, gets his his, his profile, mm-hmm. uh, I think he's going to be much more settled. And the, the last two, I think, are going to be uh, Matias Kokoro and Mahalo Poku just because Joseph Martinez hasn't gotten much time at the group. He might come off the bench, but uh, as a starter, I don't think he'll be starting.
1: So, Cocaro, uh, Cocaro, that used to play in Huracán. Uh, I yeah. know for that Cocaro is a great player, a young. Now, I'm very
2: excited to, you know, we didn't see him much very, in the game, against Atlanta, was, but his energy he's is. He's been
1: sought after by really big teams in Argentina. He signed with the MLS, and, you know, obviously the MLS pays triple what the Argentina pays. So, it made, made sense for him to sign with Montreal. And you said Opoku, Opo, 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 right? What's his Opo, name? Yeah,
2: yeah, Opoku, who they brought in last year, uh, mid-season mm-hmm. from LA uh, LAFC. Who um, I'm really happy they brought him in. He again, he's yeah, one he's of those um, very versatile who could, forwards. Yeah, who's who gonna be your
1: in. who's gonna be your 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 ten?
2: Uh, it's gonna be Yankov. Um, yeah,
1: okay. yeah, he's 10. So uh, well, they nice.
2: really brought in um, you know double dual national. He uh, grew up as a TFC fan, which is interesting. So it'll kind of be fun to see how he uh, operates playing for Montreal. But uh, yeah, no, he, he, again, he was another player that did really well in the uh, in the short time that we saw him in that scrimmage against Atlanta. But again, you know, that's another reason why I'm so eager to see this game, because it's only the second time we'll have watched this new team play. So it's not necessarily an excitement for me. It's more an eagerness to kind of look like, to kind of see what they've been working on.
0: So um, you also have other forwards like Mason Toy, who's not getting in this team for you. And obviously the big one, Joseph Martinez, who's the new signing. Uh, You know, we know him well from his time in Atlanta and, you know, we, we really dislike Joseph Martinez. I'm sure you figured that one out. Um, what, what do you think his <laughs> chances are for you guys? Do you, are you excited about this signing? Do you feel like it's a, a chance for him to be resurgent? Or are you maybe a little bit more pessimistic about uh, Joseph?
2: I was, I was I wasn't sure how to feel when, you know, news first broke. We were actually, because they were in Arizona for the first leg. They had a week in Montreal off training camp, then they were off to Florida. So the one time that we were able, the the very short time that we were actually able to go watch the team train was when the Martinez news broke and all the journalists were together and like, is this real? And uh, I I didn't know where, I didn't know how I felt about it at first, but the more I thought about it and and we, we got to speak to him with the media. And I think that, you know, if he buys into the project and he understands that, you know, he is, an eld- one of the elder statesmen now and his role is also not only to be you know an important contributor but also a mentor that much Mont- you know that, that kind of role that montreal lost when ramel kyoto left uh for all these attackers i think that you know he could be a really good addition especially if they don't have to spend you know upwards of a million dollars a year to to bring him on i think he could be very important and even if he's not a starter, just having someone like him off the bench um you know that's that's not a bad thing do
0: you well, have any concerns about his his like locker room uh there's just been reports in the past of him causing drama are you concerned about that at all
2: i mean i'm not in the locker room i i can't really say um i know for a fact that this locker room has been a pretty even last year when things weren't going great from a player's interaction standpoint the locker room's always been a relatively healthy not always but it's been a relatively healthy environment for the last couple of years and uh i think that you know, maybe that, hopefully that rubs off on him and hopefully it's it's all smiles. So again, we'll see that like, when the going gets tougher, they've got, they've got six games on the road and they had an entire training camp on the road. So there's going to be a lot of team bonding opportunities. So hopefully that, you know, leads to no problems and stuff like that. But again, you never really can tell over the course of a season. I, I'm,
1: a, I'm a little concerned about Martinez, believe it or not. And I'll say why. Because he's going to, from the glitz and glamour of Miami and being told you're not good enough. You know, um, being shipped to Montreal. He doesn't speak French. Out of his comfort zone. Kind of reminds me of when he first arrived to Atlanta, in a way. And he had something to prove, and then the qualifiers for South America are coming, so he wants to truly like work now, like you know, because in Miami, he really wasn't, you know, he, he you know, or, and he felt that maybe, yeah, Messi's coming, I'm gonna stay with him and I'm gonna be friends with him, and it didn't pan out the way he wanted to, so now he's like thinking about him now in a way. And I think that's a little dangerous with a player like like him. He could go off. Um, and I think the three that they have up front are pretty, pretty, pretty heavy. You know, like Kokaro, who was a kid in Argentina, scored plenty of goals, a, a huge future. Um, Opoku of the bench always been a threat when he played also in L.A. And now with Martinez there, you know, lingering around. I think that for what they got him, I think that's great. Now, is Martinez going to generate goals himself? Probably not, because what's around him? Unfortunately, I feel ru- ru- if especially Varane is the the right back, I mean he's going to get him some balls. But you know, out of those as of those crosses, John, that Varane's going to send Martinez, how many is he's going to score? Right? Or are they going to actually go to his foot? Are going to go to the bleachers? I want United. to say we're
0: not trying to bag on Montreal. We've just, we know a lot about these players yeah. and we've seen. Yeah, their no, he's I mean, you
1: know, like,
0: like, is great. I think for the middle third of the pitch, he's not yeah. a great uh-huh. defender and he's not so great in the final third. Like, he often doesn't make that cross well or doesn't make the right decision in the final third. So, we used to get very frustrated by him, <clears> but <throat> his ability to carry the ball up the right side of the field, perfect, like, very, very top level at that. So if you can get – if if Courtois can get Huan to be able to put a final ball in, like the right pass in to guys like Kokoro and Oku, then yes, he can be a top right wing back. Top,
1: again. Top, top it's just a player. question
0: of – like we saw in D.C., and that might have been just because it was D.C., that it didn't work out for him. So now it's a little bit like, is Huan going to make the step up again or, or is he going to kind of fade into the distance, if that makes sense? Like for us, at times, he was – he was really good as a right back. And at other times he was glaringly bad. So he, he can be a mixed bag.
1: I feel it's an upgrade getting those three, Opoku, Kokaro, and and Joseph for, uh, I'm sorry, but Romel Kyoto, I mean, great guy, but super dirty player. You know what I mean? Like super, you know, a, a great, 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 great nine. It's just, I think it's a step up. What y'all got in the in the attacking third? So we'll see what happens. Things gonna be a fantastic game. It's gonna be a huge test for Orlando. So you know, we I, gotta we gotta I definitely
0: uh, think uh Montreal done good things this offseason. I think you know yeah. great move by getting the coach in. I think, like we said, the squad has been improvement. Like if yeah. you look at your neighbors in Canada.
2: Yeah, you know, Toronto has, did
0: nothing like you guys. Have done goal right
2: Vancouver's Vancouver's already they had a really good offseason last year. They set yeah. themselves up really well. You know, they made the playoffs. They won the Canadian championship. They were <laughs> by far the best team in Canada. Um, So they kind of just have to build on that. Um, You know, at the end of the day, you you Toronto being your biggest rival, you always enjoy when then, you are in a better spot. But at the end of the day, a healthy a rivalry is only as healthy as the competition <laughs> between the two teams, right? And if Toronto are perennial basement dwellers, then yeah, like beating the Canadian Classic is fun, but at some point it'll lose its... The, the, the energy, the animosity kind of starts to die down if it becomes too one-sided. So I was kind of hoping that Toronto maybe made some more moves. They brought in... Uh, a defender from uh, the championship, if I'm not mistaken, um, who who could be uh, pretty interesting, an Irish defender, I forget his name. But, you know, the Canadian landscape is a been in a weird spot right now. Um, I think Mon- Montreal is in a very good spot to contend for the Canadian championship, which is also a way into Champions League, which is, I know that was their biggest goal of the year, is to find themselves in a position where they could, you know, play some high-level games and get some high-level experience and not just kind of be there, but also compete and you know the, i don't think they're they're expecting to go for it all this year i think you know just making the playoffs I think
0: the, the three canadian teams they could montreal could well be the better like you said vancouver i got their stuff together at the moment they seem like they're doing okay yeah you guys i think should have a big resurgence and should be looking at like a 7th, on paper 8th, yeah sort of right like you should be Well, it's the East is hard
2: so this year the east is so like we're, we're
0: up there but yeah. if you're not up there it's so hard exactly to be that, like, like
2: that honestly i think i think last year's montreal with all the problems still would have made the playoffs in the west with just the the, the goal yeah, right? but and i see it, you as like, much
0: montreal. better than a lot of the other teams yeah like, i think i think the
2: of the rest like uh, i think that top six is pretty impregnable where it's just so oh. condensed but after that, Montreal's in a decent position for that, you know, that 8-9, like, like at the very least making the play-in and maybe even, you know, who knows, finding other way to get an upset in, the, in that first round. But at the very least getting in the play-in, I think that on paper with the moves they made and, and the way that they're going to be playing, I think that they put themselves in a really good spot for that. Now it just, you have to physically do it, right? That's, you know, it's, putting together a nice team is uh, is is great and all, but. Now you yeah. got to show up.
0: Definitely. Um, we're going to go through the Orlando City lineup for you for a minute. So you can, and if you have any questions for us about our team or what we expect, uh, and then we'll kind of end that off with the, the final scores before we we'll let you go there, Elias. Um, Luis, Pedro Galeza in goal. I think there's no debate yeah, on for that sure. one. <laughs> yeah,
1: comes the uh, first who's time. your back
0: four, Luis?
1: So I think we're going to see um, Schlegel. Uh Jansen Santos. I don't think we're gonna see Kyle. I think we're I don't gonna think go we're with.
0: gonna see Bracallo.
1: I, I don't I don't think we're gonna see Bracallo uh yet. You
0: think off the bench, maybe?
1: Maybe off the bench, yes.
0: I can see that. <laughs> if Oscar wants stability, he'll keep Schlegel in there. If we wanna we got a new center back. I don't know if you know Elias, but David Bracalo, we signed over from Viking. Um, and he he looks like a really top level center back, but we haven't seen him training as much or playing as much with the team. So there's some debate about like he didn't he didn't travel up to cal- Cavalry Um that we just played it's a, last it's a long night trip too right you're going across <laughs> yes. the continent so exactly that's so the only maybe thing we to kind of be
2: banking on is the fact that that's a long travel to midweek game that you know tired legs and rotation
0: it's a but, lot uh, it's been a yeah. long way for us
2: Florida um, Florida BC's Rough.
1: Yeah. Luis, now, the,
0: the middle two, the double pivot.
1: Yeah, I think we're going to see Araujo. We're going to see Cartagena again. um And, you know, th- this is my, this is my, where I'm a little, you know, taking a bite here. Is it going to be Ojeda or is it going to be Lodero?
0: I think it's going to be Ojeda again, based yeah. on how well he played in that Champions League game last night. And,
1: now you have to understand too, John, it's Montreal with Shawnee and Wanyama and we've faced them before. They have a little bit more bite than Calvary. You oh, know, I man.
0: agree. I just think, I think Ojeda will be the choice again. I think, okay. I think Oscar will reward his, his, his good play by keeping him in that 10 position Um the only other school for is that if he wants to play Nico Ladero because we want to be more possession, like we want to be, make sure that we're holding onto the ball better, perhaps. Like I think that's something that Nico gives you that, that Ojeda is more likely to shoot or more like to run at guys, than he is to kind of retain possession and build the play. But yeah. it could easily be Nico in there. I think Faku and Angulo well,
1: so, so arguably
0: will be in. But so what Ojeda gives you.
1: So when Ojeda was in, in uh for the against Cavalry, I mean Orlando had 13 shots on goal. You know, I remember when last season when we first started, we, we were having some games that we started having zero shots on goal. Remember we had like one shot on goal, I think, in one game, you know, in the Papi out era, right? So so now we're gonna now we're seeing more shots on goal. Now both provide you that. I just think Ojeda is more attacking minded. And I think Lodero is more of like a biter, you know, somebody that's just going to like try to get the ball away, you know, away from you and go in transition. So, you know, it'll be interesting to see, you know, in the first, in the home opener, how's Oscar going to use Lodero, right? And if Lodero is going to be, because you remember when he first arrived, we were saying, you know, this is going to be a great, like, you know, guy coming off the bench, right? Right, John, remember that? You know, and then when then we saw him playing preseason, and we're like, yo, he's he's starting, he's he's fit, he's he's great, you know. So maybe that was it all along, too, you know. So I think I'll keep it with Ojeda. I think I I keep it with Ojeda. I think he did great. I agree with you, John. There now, striker. Are we gonna see Muriel or are we ready to see that? What
2: what um, was your guys' reaction to Muriel? because uh, I, I love Luis Muriel. I, I think, think we the, are, we're, we're
0: just really excited about Luis Muriel. I think he's the kind of striker for us that makes perfect sense for our mm-hmm. team and Oscar's system and the other guys that have around him. And it seems to be the perfect time for him to come over from Europe to kind of have a to last MLS. dance here in MLS. <laughs> like,
2: and he's not too old either, right? He's early 30s. No, he's thirty-two,
0: and we were yeah. missing that kind of player. Like Miami, have got five, six of them. We didn't have yeah. anyone who is like oh, they're, that older, sort of they're older. older, older star that comes in that can just. But we also needed a guy who just knows where the net is and would put the ball in the back of the net for us. So, yeah, we're, we're super excited about Muriel. Whether he starts, I don't know. I think he's definitely going to play, but I mean, I'm he's in the midst, mindset in form, right? he comes oh, off. He doesn't. Bench.
2: He doesn't need an off season. He's. Yeah coming out from he's been in the season right
1: so he
0: plays training with ocb this week while well, he didn't go to canada yeah he didn't go to he has canada. Been training with i'm not the surprised team. by that
1: yeah i feel john just like you said i think it's gonna be duncan mcguire
0: i think duncan will start and Luis muriel and will come Luis up is
1: gonna have yeah and
0: i mean he scored already duncan <sighs> you know so it's sort of like if there was question marks he's the guy you know like and then when we see him, when he's hot, he's hot. So Oscar might say, I'll reward you and start you again.
1: Yeah, so this is going to be Orlando City's lineup, uh, a projected lineup for game against Montreal. You have Galecia up top. You have Santos. No, sorry. You have Dagger Dan, Schlegel, Jensen, Santos. You have Araujo, Cartagena. And then you have Ojeda right in the as your number 10 on your right, right wing, Facundo Torres. Left wing, Ivan Angulo, and then right up top, the Helen of the Heartland, Duncan Maguire.
0: I think there's debate around Bercalo over Schlegel, you know, Ojeda or Lodero, Duncan right. or Muriel. Th- those are the arguments, you know. I those would are see. good
1: problems to have, John. No, exactly. <laughs> like, but that's,
0: that's our three <laughs> new players vying for spots that we think they should have. With our three existing players in those spots, so it's it's a good problem to have right now for us at the club. We're we're blessed with attacking options.
1: Yeah, so I think this is gonna be it, you know. Um, yeah, I'm I'm excited, you know. I'm I'm excited, and hopefully, Explorers sold out, you know. Uh, sorry, Exploria, sorry, Interco, Interco Stadium. I'm we just call stay.
0: Orlando City Stadium. We don't we don't say that name.
1: Um <laughs>
0: Lou, We're gonna go on to our final scores. Uh, Elias, as the guest, we'll let you go first. Uh, What do you think on this one? And you know, you can you can if you want to say that we'll beat you. Well, we won't
2: blame. Oh, you. I, you I, I I fully choice. expect you to. I fully. Oh expect no, you. really? Oh, no. come <S laughs> on. Where's I mean, the Orlando Elias? Orlando's so good this year. You guys well, are gonna be well, thank top you. We, notch we this year. And, you know, you you had a great season last year. I think you guys exceeded expectations last year. And I feel like this offseason, you just got better, you know? So I think that, I I mean, I'm expecting a pretty high-scoring game just based on the way that Dejan wants to play. I think that, you know, six away games in a row, he's kind of just going to say, screw it. Maybe some of these games are just going to be extra preseason games and just keep on working on stuff. And he likes, I mean, Columbus loves a wide-open game. They love free-flowing, lots of goals. I think it's going to be like 4-2 for Orlando. I think there's going to be a lot of goals. I think that you know, we'll we'll see how Montreal operates in that in that kind of space with that kind of room. I mean, we know that your your attack is is more than powerful enough to take advantage of the space that uh, sometimes Montreal does leave behind. So I think four two is uh, is pretty is, is is what I'm looking at.
0: I think it's interesting that you say that you're comfortable with that. And I, I would think that's a great sort of fan mentality to have for Montreal this year is like, you've got a new coach that's learned from Wilfred Nance who knows his style. So sort of just if you're, if you're attacking and you're going all out for these games, at the beginning of the season, and you lose some, the mentality is that you're building something that in the future, yeah. you're going to end up in closer to what Columbus look like. So I think that's, that's great mentality by you and, uh, yeah, I agree. I think it, it could be fairly open. I think uh with the way that you guys play with your you know wing backs leaving a lot of space on the wings and transitional play that we are extremely dangerous, that, that could cause a problem. Luis, uh your final score. Actually, sorry, Elias. Um, who's scoring the goals in that four two?
2: Um God, Fucking so six goals you gotta you get. Yeah, go. uh Fakunas- <laughs> Torres is so good. I think he's getting at least one. Um you know, uh, after that, you know, it, it could be anyone else that you've got going forward, I think. What about for you guys who's yeah, getting that. the two? Um, I think Dominic Yankov is getting one. He he's he he looks like one of those players that's very opportunistic. He could just kind of snatch a goal out of nowhere. His positioning is very good, and he kind of just has a nose for goal. And uh, if he's allowed to get forward, he'll probably find himself in a good spot. And uh, I'm going to go off the board and say matthias Shwenyev just because you know, leading scorer last year, uh <laughs> continue the trend. Why not?
0: You Love a, a kind of that. He seems to be like Fournier is that guy at your club that everybody yeah, loves. Is a loves. He's bunch. like your he's, Janssen, he's, right?
2: He's, he's homegrown. He's been part of the Academy system since he was like 10. Um, You know, in, in, in Quebec and in French, we have an expression called our bonga de sit." You know, it's, it's a good homegrown guy and no matter what sport, you know, be it hockey, football, soccer, anything we love, homegrown talent and, you know, having homegrown talent elevated to level of an all-star that's, you know, probably going to end up with the captain's badge at some point. Uh, Cannot, cannot root for him.
0: Luis, um, for you, what's your score and the goals? Where are they coming from?
1: Well, um, I I think this is going to be a a two 0 Orlando win. Uh, It's going to be a, it's going to be a Nicolodero goal and probably uh, first have Martino Hayda goal. Yeah, 2-0, you know? 2-0. Uh, I'm going re- to go
0: a few more goals. I'm going to go 3-1 to okay. us. Uh, I think Montreal have got enough to, about them to get one. Um, and I, I think, so. uh I think that we're looking at – Baku, Ojeda, and Muriel. That's my that's my three. I said Muriel for the last game, and he didn't even go, so <laughs> I wouldn't I would listen to me. Um, all righty. Do you have any other thoughts for us, Luis, or any other questions you want to ask Elias? Or Elias, do you have any questions that you want to ask us?
2: I'd love to know where you guys see Orlando finishing because I rate them really highly, and I want to know from, from your guys' perspective – What's a what's a good Orlando finishing spot for this year?
1: Well for me, I, I think you know we have to put another piece of silver in the shelf, you know. Yeah. Especially in the year of Messi and also to know that is the last year of Luis Suarez playing the sport. Oh, yeah. So if Orlando just gets the chance to ruin that party <laughs> You will be definitely content because I already have rumors from Argentina brewing that Luis Suarez is about to call it quits if they don't qualify for playoffs or, or they, yeah, I'm serious if they don't qualify for playoffs and if they, they uh don't make a push for the in the playoffs, they get eliminated, he's retiring. Like, he the dude, the dude's. Like having a tough time playing here. Yeah, he's not healthy. He has to
0: country. inject his knees. There, yeah. he's never You're healthy. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So, so I think Orlando has a huge opportunity to either get, you know, League Cup, MLS Supporters Shield, uh, Champions Cup, but I think that Civil War Trophy needs to grow a little more. You know, I think this year is is, is a great year to do so. Now, what would I would like personally? Supporters Shield. Um, an MLS cup, obviously, but, uh, it would be a, in a perfect world. So Shield and MLS cup will be great, but, um, either, or to me, I think it would be fantastic. The first MLS cup will be amazing. I think it'd be celebrated by not only soccer fans in Orlando. I mean, it'll be the first major, aside of the U S open cup, it'll be the second major trophy ever won by the city of Orlando in any
0: true, sport right, we're we're not a, a massive market so yeah. anytime you know we're up there in the conversation I mean, with these I mean, other say teams hockey,
2: right montreal's not uh not that much bigger you know right and yeah. so
0: when we're up there like Louis says we gotta have this like this is our time to yeah. take a trophy like if you look at philly or other teams that have been up new there york. in the last like like new york the like the revs were kind of up there at one point and you don't take your time at the top and you mm-hmm. don't actually win anything you can uh you can fall back down pretty quickly. So for us, I think any any kind of piece of silverware. But I agree with Luis. I think I think supporter shield is most likely. I think we've got such a deep squad, and if we play well throughout the year, whereas Miami are built for a quick run like the Champions League or you know League's Cup. It's different different squads, but I think for us the the benchmark of this year is some some kind of piece of silverware is is what we're expecting. Yeah, righty. well, we're gonna sign off here, guys, because it's been almost an hour now, um, and we've pretty much talked everything about cavalry, everything about Montreal. So I want to thank uh, Elias for coming on and Thanks telling so us all family, about. Guys. And uh, best of luck to you and your team for Saturday.
2: Yeah, uh, it's gonna be we'll, fun.
0: we're gonna see how it goes. Uh, if you're listening to us on Spotify or on Apple. Go ahead and give us a like or a follow, or subscribe. You can also subscribe on YouTube, uh, as Loud and Proud Orlando. We're aiming for 1000 subscribers. So jump on board. Uh, I'm gonna give Elias a second here to go ahead and plug his podcast. Uh Elias, tell us all about your Montreal pod.
2: Yeah, we are uh the ball is around Montreal. We are live every Sunday, uh 7:30. So um, yeah, we talk about everything. CF Montreal, we talk about both national teams, we do uh any kind of local soccer, anything related to Montreal and Canadian soccer. We, uh, we are passionate about it and, uh, yeah, it's always good fun. You know, we, uh, it's, it's been more of a free flowing conversation and we just, you know, we take questions. Uh, you could pop in the chat. We are, we're live, right? So you could pop in chat. So you could, you could DM us questions or me, or, or tweet at us and then we'll answer it on the show and, you know, whatever you want our takes on and,
1: you know, love, uh,
0: Lots of nonsense. At least you want to pick out a few comments that we've had throughout to uh, yeah, say hi to everyone.
1: says uh let's go. This is the Coon and friends. Uh the hunker down, what's up, LPO? Thank you so much. Oh uh, wait, this is 7 30 p.m. in Vancouver. My <laughs> apologies. There you are. There you go. Thank you, Hunker Down. JCB. We had a little
0: technical issue.
1: Uh not noches, everyone. Great game for OC. And this that second Facundo goal is what we're needing to see more this season. I agree. You know, yeah. I think we need to see more about that, that leadership role, Facundo. You know, so it, did you it, leadership.
0: It, we didn't even mention Jansen got the captain's arm back. Yeah, he did. There you captain.
1: go. Last minute
0: thought for you there. Um, you can find us as Loud and Proud Orlando or LPO underscore Orlando on Twitter. Luis, I said that completely wrong. You go.
1: Uh, check us out on X at LP underscore podcast, Instagram at LP underscore podcast also. Facebook as Loud and Proud Orlando and on YouTube at uh, Loud and Proud Orlando or LP underscore podcast as well. Also, we're available on Spotify and Apple Podcasts, any audio platforms, Google Podcasts also were there. So check us out. Um, you know, leave us a review. And uh, also, I do want to say, uh, you know, follow the, um, the ball is around Montreal. But also, uh, we're looking for... Um, I don't know why I have that. Hold on. There you go. Uh, we're looking for two photographers. Calling out for to all all C Twitter photographers. We're on the hunt. Ah, two photographers to our team uh, to cover Orlando Prime or Orlando City games. So DM either me on Twitter at lp at uh, pineda underscore orl on X uh, or uh, Instagram. You can find us as lp underscore podcast and. You can just dm me and say hey i'm interested in in you know do photography for lpo and then we'll give you all the info uh yeah we want to um, cover if you could do it this weekend that'd be fantastic you know it's
0: a great opportunity if you're an aspiring photographer you get to go on the field and get pictures of the players you know in action and doing all that stuff so uh and then we get to use that and promote you on social and, and use your images and your video so if you're interested Let us know. Uh, We are looking for someone to help us out. All righty. Well, thank you, everybody, for being here. And I want to say one last thing, which is
1: Vamos Orlando. Vamos Orlando, guys. Have a good one.